The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at NewBalance.com. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Big Six Podcast, CBS Sports Daily NFL Podcast. I'm Will Brinson. I'm your host. Got a big show today. Just because the Super Bowl is over, season is over, doesn't mean this show stops rolling. No, sir. Someone asked us that. Uh, might have even been Brady Quinn who asked us that. Like, what are you going to do now that the season's over? <laughs> we still go every day. He's like, really? Is that what you said? I did. I did say that. Uh, I guess I'll just jump in since you didn't do the proper protocol of introducing pew, anyone. Pew, 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 pew. Well, no, 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 not that. I was just saying you didn't introduce myself or Jonathan Jones, who's also on the podcast today. Jonathan, right? Well, good see, to be talking is, with you. See, you get it. You did it right. You didn't do the thing that Wilson does where he talks for three minutes and is like, and yes, Breach is here. JJ, what's happening? <laughs> uh, it's just a little disrespectful, but yeah, I'm here. I appreciate it, Brady. Uh, happy to be on the pod with you, bro. Unbelievable. <laughs> Look, we all just got done with the Super Bowl. We're just trying to get through this week. Leave me alone. By the way, we I did not, about I did not future... ask that question about whether or not, like, what do you guys do? I think I might have posted, I think I asked if you guys were going to do XFL because I have to cover the XFL. I was like, oh, if we are, great, cool. We can keep this conversation rolling. Uh, I thought your question was like, so are you just done until August or like, what's the deal? <laughs> <laughs> um, no, the show goes daily throughout the course of the year. Um, I will be taking basically the month of June off and we'll find people to fill in for me. Uh, you know, yada, yada, oysters, croquet, things Jonathan, of that nature. You, Jonathan, are you going to be one of those people filling in for him in June? Uh, oh, yeah. Um, I, I think I'm going to be taking off a lot of June and July, so probably not. <laughs> Pr- Prisco, Prisco actually was the one that I think last year he kept asking me to do it with him because he's like, well, I'm Br- and Prince is making me fill in for this show. He's like, I can't believe it. It's June, July. I need my beach time. I need my time with the Ray Baker, the sun. I was like, wow. I was like, okay, Pete. Yeah, like I'll, I'll, I'll try to help you out, buddy. We'll, we'll do a show together. Debo can attest this too, by the way. Those shows were like 28 minutes. <laughs> like they were the shortest <laughs> episodes. Uh, today's show, we are going to talk about the future of the Chiefs and the 49ers. Could the Chiefs be starting a dynasty? Stay tuned to find out. Uh, we will also... Be doing a little, uh, Debo was, Debo was a busy beaver down at the, uh, down at the, uh, Super Bowl. He went and did the Bud Light red carpet slash blue carpet ahead of the Guns and Roses show. I gotta tell you, saw Guns and Roses at the Bud Light Hotel. Incredible! Or the Bud Light Arena, whatever it was. America's Airlines, American Airlines Arena. Um, fun fact, myself and Eric Kay, our podcasts are, were told by an, uh, an old lady behind us to stop talking and sit down. During a Guns N' Roses concert. Oh, uh, right. So we're supposed to jump in there and like be outraged by that? <laughs> I'm like, okay, sure. I just don't feel like, like I wouldn't, if it was like a, I feel like you should be able to stand up at any concert you want to stand up for. Guns N' Roses specifically is a very weird one to be like, excuse, like she was like, she was like, you need to stop moving. We can't see. And she, and then like, she pointed at, like her kids and I was like, what, what, what do you want? And then after she like yelled at us for a minute, and then she was like, these aren't even your seats. I like pulled out my ticket stub. I pulled out my, fl- like my flashlight, my phone. I pointed to the seat. I was like, what are you talking about, lady? This is like, you're nuts. And then her, uh, her husband leans in, uh, to, uh, EK and he goes, 
Imagine having to deal with that every day of your life. <laughs> You're like, all right, this is, this is weird. Um, but yeah, it was a killer concert. Slash, man, that dude hadn't lost a step. He shreds. If you can get a chance to go see GNR on their upcoming tour, I'd highly recommend it. And uh, so stay tuned for that at the back end for some Bud Light interviews via Debo, who did really just a breakout week for Debo. We mentioned that already, but impressive. Wait, why didn't you invite anyone else, Debo? To what? To the red carpet deal. I'm sure we could have gotten in the event. Credential only. No chance. We yeah. definitely could have gotten that thing. Probably. Which you. concert was it? I mean, I enjoyed Meek Mill and DaBaby and DJ oh, Khaled just, and Friends. This is the problem with, with, with our group is no one communicates. Like we 100% could have gotten more people in that thing and not just work the red carpet. But no one communicates. So I, there you go. I would have loved to have gone. So appreciate that. You yeah, know, DaBaby was, was sitting in the 100-level seats one row or two rows behind Odell Beckham and Deshaun Watson watching Meek Mill in concert. Deshaun Jackson. I don't want to put throw Deshaun Watson under the bus. Oh, oh my apologies. Whatever. Deshaun Jackson. Um, I will say, too, though, that Debo texted me. He was like, so he's like, I'm in Guns N' Roses now. Uh, apparently, the, the red carpet was, uh, you know, it was, it was rainy weather. It wasn't exactly chock full on, on Friday night. Uh, I believe you said the top uh, celebrity you talked to was Kyle Brandt. Uh, I miss Snoop Dogg, so Kyle Brandt ended up being the top celeb. Dude, Kyle's a stud. Kyle's awesome. Kyle's an absolute stud. He's one of the funniest creative people. Like, he's who I love to watch on TV because he's always bringing something. I love Kyle. He's awesome. No, no, Kyle's, Kyle's the best. He's, he's been a guest on this podcast. I just think it's hilarious that like, Diva's, and Kyle's in like, full Miami gear. You know, he loves Guns N' Roses and, uh, then that's the interview you got. So maybe we'll, is Kyle, is Kyle going to be on the back end here? Yes, you will hear from Kyle. What did you ask him? What did you ask Kyle Brandon? Just about the Eagles. Strictly 10 minutes about the Eagles. Is he even a Philly guy? I don't think he grew up there, but he's a, he's a big fan. Uh, no, okay. we talked, we talked Philip Rivers as a little tease. We talked Philip Rivers. We talked Devontae Parker versus Sammy Watkins. So that you have to look forward to. Wow. You talked about Devontae and Sammy with Kyle? Just some inside pick six jokes. Okay. Yeah. All right. Cool. I haven't heard this. I can't wait to listen to it. Um, Hey, shout out to my mom for listening to our Super Bowl recap. She texted me and said it was a really good podcast, so that's exciting. Um, and uh, shout out to Patrick Mahomes, who's about to be a $400 millionaire. Mahomes said after the Super Bowl, that's stuff that's handled with other people as it relates to his contract. Obviously, I want to be in Kansas City for a long time. I understand that. And I also want to win a lot of football games here. For me, it's kind of letting that stuff handle itself. I mean, like, we don't, like, I don't even need to read this. Like, we... Patrick Mahomes just won the Super Bowl. He was Super Bowl MVP. He was MVP in his first year as a starter. He threw 50 touchdowns and 5,000 passing yards. What if you were Brady? If you were Patrick Mahomes and you put up those numbers and you had his resume through uh, three years in the league, two as a starter, what would you just sort of ride out? Would you be like, hey, listen, I want my 400 million dollars and 40 million a year now? Would you kind of ride it out and try to max out your value on the open market? I'd be curious how you would handle it as a as a quarterback with his resume. Well, first off, um, let's not get too outrageous here. $400 million, I mean, that's a bit over the top. Now, I think what he needs to look at or ask himself is, does he want to do something that would be revolutionary from a player standpoint and for quarterbacks and players moving forward? Or does he just care about himself and this window of opportunity with this team? That's the first thing he has to ask himself because if he doesn't care about trying to do, I don't want to say what Kirk Cousins did, but along those lines where you press as far as you can to get to free agency 
and, and you see if, if you can really truly maximize your value, even though there's no chance Kansas City is ever going to let this guy get to free agency. The longer you push and keep turning down deals, the longer you're their, their quarterback, the higher the price tag goes up, unless you have some sort of catastrophic injury, which in this case, I'm sure he's insured. Like, I'm sure he's got a policy for loss of value if that were to, you know, take place. So you have to answer that question first. And then the math is really going to lead you to somewhere around the ballpark of 40 million average annual salary per year, maybe even more, maybe more like 42. And that's going to encompass the, let's just say what, 28, 29 million he's owed the next two years and then two years of consecutive franchise tags. And then you put a premium on top of that for basically getting his services at this point in time. So if I had to like ballpark, look at like what I would ask for that I think is not unreasonable, still allows the team to build around me and, you know, allows me to be a Kansas City Chief and get a huge payday right away. I would look for 120 million total guaranteed at signing. I would look for a six or seven year deal, right? So really a five year extension, I think is what I want to look at because that allows the team to then prorate it over the period of time. And so that they don't have to give me that huge lump sum right away. I mean, they will, but not necessarily for accounting purposes. So that still does allow them to work in and factor in things for the future. And I do that deal now instead of waiting for another year. And so that way they understand exactly what they're working with moving forward. And I'm still in the prime of my career. That's probably how I would go about looking at it. I think that contract, if you look at the monies and everything that's going to be owed, uh, you're probably looking at somewhere north of like total value when it's all said and done for an additional five years. Um, I hope this doesn't sound crazy, but now you're talking about somewhere around 200 million north of that. So that's, that's where I foresee this going. I think that's honestly something I'd sign and it would be a fair offer unless I want to set a precedent. And, and I don't necessarily think he's going to want to be able, or he's going to be able to turn down how much money they're going to throw on him right now. Does this deal get done this offseason, JJ? It should get done this offseason. Uh, you know, Lamar Hunt was obviously saying, yeah, 12 to 15 months. The price is just going to keep going up, right? And and you don't, uh, if you're the Kansas City Chiefs, you, you obviously don't wish or hope for a catastrophic injury at any point. But, like, that's the only thing that, that, would, that you would say, okay, we're not going to pay you. Like, you need to signal to everyone around, that this is your guy, that what he has done the last two years is enough to get him paid. I will say this, like, uh, you know, if I'm Patrick Mahomes, because I understand what Brady is saying from a team perspective and also from a teammate perspective, certainly moving that money around for cap purposes, but also you want a number of bites at the apple if if you are uh, Patrick Mahomes at 24 years old where you may not want to be locked into that deal through your age 31 season, especially with, with this new CBA coming up, especially how yes. if you continue to change the game the way that he is. Like, you know, could you, and I know there was reportedly uh, an attempt by Aaron Rodgers and his representation to tie his, uh, his annual salary to a percentage of the salary cap. Like as we get a new CBA, as agents and players get more creative, I would want to maintain that flexibility. And so, Brady, I'm right there with you that it may sound crazy that it's five years, $200 million. But I think that ultimately that's that's what's going to be fair. And that's going to be four or five million dollars average per year, more than anyone else is making at the top of the food chain. But like that's what it has to be. And if I'm Patrick Mahomes, again, I want to get back and get another bite at that big free agency apple really before I turn 30. 
Yeah, I'm trying to think of this new CBA. Like, I can't imagine a situation, not with the way that, you know, with the legalization of sports gambling and the influx of the gambling money. Now, maybe, maybe it flatlines a little bit out of the gate. We saw that in 2011. The cap didn't spike immediately. It was sort of flat at first. People were criticizing union, yada, yada, yada. Then it took off like crazy in the last five years of the, of the cap, of the, of the CBA. So, like, you wonder, is there, and this is something, this is impossible to know without working with the PA. Um, and you know them talking to the NFL like is there a benefit to do to to waiting until the new CBA happens to signing a new contract like if that if that if the if the cap spikes like crazy can you go in there and ask for 45 million or do you wait and like you you know if you sign for if he signs for 42 million this offseason or even 40 million this offseason does Dak top him or is this like a Calvin Johnson situation where he's got to slide up right underneath him it's a great question. I mean, I would look at it this way. I mean, guys are, and players have always talked about, and there's even been some conversation about agents um, doing what Jonathan had talked about, really tying um, the compensation to a percentage of, of the salary cap moving forward. I, I, and look, that's not necessarily the worst idea. The problem is there's so many variables, and the teams don't want to set that precedent because once one player does it, then other players are going to want to try to do that. So I think it's one of the reasons why they've, they've avoided it really in the past. And I don't think they're going to – you know, subscribe to that in, in, in the future with as much money as they're going to be making. I mean, look, I think high end quarterbacks typically get paid somewhere around what 13, 15% of the salary cap. Uh, if that number goes up astronomically, uh, you know, I'm not necessarily sure the percentage is going to change, even though the dollars are going to change. Uh, my only, my only thought to like moving forward with us looking at like the next guy up being the guy that sets the market for quarterback positions. I think it, it's, it, you know, players are going to have a hard time making that case just because I think of what Patrick Mahomes is going to be able to do. Like, you're not going to be able to make a statistical argument. You're not going to be able to make an argument in regards to, like, what that player has accomplished in comparison to Patrick Mahomes. Uh, because how many guys in the first, you know, two years starting have won the NFL MVP and won a Super Bowl and been the Super Bowl MVP? Kurt, Kurt, Kurt Warner is the only other one. Right. But like at a completely different point in time of his career, and he wasn't a first round draft pick. And the only guy to go to a Super Bowl and to win MVP in his first three years was Marino. Right. So, like, it's a very, very short list. It's a short list, and you're at a time now where, you know, who who you – and he's got that that Marino-type talent and quality. So there's just few guys that can even compare. So I have no idea how agents going to try to sell that. So maybe we get more players who make it to free agency. Or maybe we get more players well, who end up playing more under multiple years on the franchise tag because they can't come to an agreement on this sort of thing. And that's like with, with Kirk Cousins, for example, like he got all that guaranteed money, even though teams didn't want to set that precedent because of course the minute he, he had the Minnesota Vikings the, where he wanted them with the Kansas City Chiefs. Brady, I think you're hitting the nail on the head is that like Dak Prescott, who is a very fine quarterback can ask for more money than Patrick Mahomes and the Dallas Cowboys can point to him and be like, yeah, but you're not Patrick Mahomes. And like, that's, that's how these negotiations go. And like, it's not arbitration in baseball, but like, you can be real with those players and just say, listen, Mahomes got that because he did what literally no one else in the hundred year league history, uh, of, of this league has ever done. So that's the reason that his contract is different than yours. And life isn't fair. Oh well. Um, and so that's why I think that it could be done. Um, I don't know if necessarily you need a whole group of players, you know, an elite group of five or so players, or if Patrick Mahomes has done enough to say, you know what, there's been all this talk about tying it to a percentage of the salary cap. If there's someone who is worthy of doing it, it is a 24-year-old who, like, the worst thing that ever happened was his, knee, his kneecap went out of place one time, but he felt ready enough to go back in the game. 
uh, even though, you know, he probably shouldn't have. Like, that's the worst injury thing that we could really point to with this guy. Meanwhile, uh, you know, had that not happened and he sat out, he possibly could have siphoned off a couple of MVP votes from Lamar Jackson this year. Like, you know, he, he wasn't in the running this year, but really when you look at what he did when he came back, um, yeah, he, he was playing at an MVP level. Right. That's a great yeah. point. Yeah. One thing real quick thing, just cause I keep thinking about like why, you know, you would be opposed to, to signing him to a deal that ties it to outside of setting the precedent. And we, and we all should know by now how delicate that is within NFL owners and organizations, not wanting to do something where every other owner and organization looks at him and go, you dumbass. Why did you sign him to that deal? Cause now other teams, <laughs> other players are asking us to do the same for their clients or for, you know, those players are making those requests. Um, so besides that, um, there's also this idea that, you know, usually players, and I mentioned this because it is real, someone in his position is going to have an insurance policy, right? He's already being paid, but he's going to take out a policy that's going to basically hand him an amount of money if there's an injury that does lead to a loss of value and if they can prove that, right? In other sports leagues, especially with the ones that have guaranteed contracts or fully guaranteed contracts, the teams take out the insurance policies. And I do right. wonder if maybe it's going to be Patrick Mahomes and this sort of deal. Uh, and, and look, maybe the Minnesota Vikings did that with Kirk Cousins. I have no idea. But – I do wonder if we'll ever get to a point where these deals get so big, these deals start happening where the, the team feels the pressure to say, yeah, maybe we cover or we hedge and, and we take on insurance policy if he indeed is injured or there's some catastrophic event like what happened with Alex Smith. So now, you know, we're not necessarily losing all of that money to a player that's not going to be able to come back and either be the same player or be able to ever, ever play again. Let me ask you this. Is there any chance, because I, I do think it's an interesting, like I was sort of running through the, the pros and the cons of it in my head. Like, I, and I said this, I keep using this analogy and I've used it on HQ and I've used it on the podcast and I'm going to beat it into the ground because I really think it's a possibility. But Phil Mickelson was the best golfer to never win a major for a very long time. He won his first major and then he rattled off a couple of majors. Now it's not nearly the same thing because you're talking about one guy playing a sport, um, in a, in a field of like, you know, uh, 70 after you get to the weekend cut versus, you know, 32 NFL teams battling it down to win a Super Bowl. But I do feel like Andy Reid, because of Patrick Mahomes age, because of what they've got in terms of that core in place, that the Chiefs could rip off a couple of, you know, Super Bowl runs. Conversely, uh, Aaron Rodgers won at the Super Bowl in his third year as a starter and hasn't been back. So, uh, I, I like, I'm curious what you guys think. JJ, you can start with you, but do you think there's a chance that a dynasty, as Travis Kelsey pointed out, uh, could be in the works here in Kansas City? And, you know, feel free to weave in the, the notion that, I, and I don't think this will happen, but like, would Patrick Mahomes take less a la Tom Brady to help that, to help facilitate the dynasty? Yeah, well, he better not take less. He better, he better get what's coming to him. Um, and that's also like, he's going to be, he, he already is a national face. There's no doubt, but like the money in Kansas City just truthfully is not the same sort of money that it would be in any of those major markets while it still is plenty of money and he is on that echelon. So that's number one. Like I don't, I don't necessarily believe in a hometown discount. Um, and this team is going to have to make some difficult decisions and it's going to be a lot, tougher decisions than just, hey, we're going to cut Sammy Watkins and get $14 million in salary cap space. Like, And so um, it, it's, it's, it's really hard for me to see dynasty with this team um, just because of what the AFC, with the quarterbacks, with the Deshaun Watson, if Bill O'Brien will just cede some control. If, <laughs> if, Lamar, if Lamar Jackson and, and Harbaugh are still going to be tied at the hip, like, again – and, and they just ran into a team like I would have loved. Wouldn't we all have loved to see Baltimore versus Kansas City? 
And that would have been obviously in Baltimore. And so that, that could have changed things. Baltimore just ran into the team that they could not run into. Um, and then also Tom Brady, the two teams that he's linked to outside of New England are in the AFC West. They would be playing Patrick Mahomes twice a year for the next two to three years, however long Tom Brady wants to play. That's the Chargers and the Raiders, of course. And so now we're talking about, okay, if that happens, I think that that team then shoots up to like, hey, well, that they're going to split those with the Chiefs. Or maybe the Chiefs, it becomes like San Francisco and Seattle this year, where in week 17, they're fighting to see who has the first round by and who is the, is the first wild card. Like, all of these things can happen. Um, that I think we can't just think, okay, Kansas City was good. They have eight guys who are making 10 plus million dollars next year. They should be good again next year and they can get back to the spot pretty easily. Yeah. Way more difficult when you think about it. Hey, I don't mean to get off on a tangent, but that's kind of what we do on the pick six podcast. So this is, I, that is, it's not, it's not kind of what we do. It's, 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 it's our do. thing. It, 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 it is our thing. Uh, Tom Brady to, to Las Vegas. I just, for the life of me, I can't wrap my head around it and for this reason. At 42, he's been in one system, meaning one language, his entire career since he got into the league. There's no chance John Gruden's going to trans- transition to that offense, right, from his West Coast offense. Like, he loves it too much. I think he loves play calling and being a part of it and all that stuff too much. Well, I just can't see him transitioning. I don't think Tom Brady at 42 is going to want to learn a new language and a new offense. I could be wrong. But literally, it would be like be trying to go out there and play in Spanish after playing in English your entire career. It would be an adjustment, to say the least. So I just I can't foresee that happening. Unless maybe, like I said, Gruden says, you know what, we're gonna come in, we're gonna run your offense, and it's gonna be, you know, different than the verbiage that, you know, we use, and we're gonna make everyone else adjust to for you, Tom. Because look, that's what the selling point was for John Fox and the Denver Broncos when they were able to get Peyton Manning. They let him run his own offense. Now, the biggest difference between Peyton and Tom Brady is when Tom Brady's in New England, it's Charlie Weiss calling the plays. It's Bill O'Brien calling the plays. It's Josh McDaniels twice now calling plays. Those John guys, Fox doesn't even like offense. John, I mean, John Fox <laughs> used to come down to the sideline and used to say to us when I was in Denver, hey, what's that one where he got him where he kind of boots out and then throws a deep? That one. Yeah, that play. All right. That What do we call that? Uh, and, you know, so – we had to remind him sometimes to call timeouts. True story. But um, in all That's seriousness, incredible. if you think about where Tom Brady's been and what has been asked of him, it's not like he couldn't probably call the game if he wanted to because he's played for so long and he's mastered that offense. But there also is something freeing about not having to constantly be thinking about your next call while you're still trying to play quarterback in the NFL. And and that's something that, you know, again – I don't know if he was to run his own offense, if they're just going to expect him to be able to do that. You know, um, that's something that yeah. he's got the ability to have there in, in, in New England. So I just, I can't wrap my head around him leaving there. Maybe, maybe the Chargers because of the, uh, because of the roster, but I, I just, I see him coming back to New England and probably getting somewhere around 60 mil fully guaranteed for two years, or maybe they throw in a third year to make the number look bigger and he ends up retiring after a couple of years. Well, the other thing too is like, you know, it's, I, I can see the LA construct, the idea that, um, you know, he's going to want to shop around, that he can, uh, you know, that he could build his TV 12 brand out in, on the West Coast and that, you know, Anthony Lynn will run the ball and let Tom Brady throw when he needs to. But like, 
You really think you're going to go to the Chargers and just win a Super Bowl with the Chargers? Like, nobody stays healthy out there. They're the opposite. Like, are, <laughs> are you going to use the TB12 brand? This is you being upset that Phillip Rivers may not be back and he did not win a Super Bowl with the Chargers. This is you being upset for your NC State, buddy. That, a, that's exactly a, what this is. It's at least like 65% of that. Yeah, sure. Um, no, but I mean, like the Chargers, the Chargers, look, the Chargers are poorly run and they make tons of mistakes, et cetera. Um, but that's but, why the but Chiefs. Will, but Will, here's the reason why, what's the news that we just saw the other day about the Chargers? Anthony Lynn now has multiple years on his contract with the extension. Like, first of all, black coaches don't get that coming off a losing season. <laughs> so what the, the reason that that's out there is to show any potential impending free agents, certainly very good historic quarterbacks, that, hey, this franchise has stability moving forward. You want to come win eight games in the in L.A.? Come on out. Um, look, I just don't think the Chiefs – Brady would make it interesting for the, for the, for the Chiefs in their dynasty. Um, I do think that they're at least set up to make – like, see, that's the thing about Aaron Rodgers. I mean, how many times did they go to the championship game and just they fell short, they had heartbreak? Like, it can – you know, like you look at even the even the Patriots. I mean, they made it to so many Super Bowls, but they're also like you know, like all these games. I mean, they're they're one or two plays away from you know, Tom Brady's like zero and six, you know, zero and six in the Super Bowls, and how would that change the legacy? They're also like two plays away from him being nine and zero, whatever it is. You get my point. Like you change one or two plays here and there, and it alters how we view everything in in in, in the course of like football history. So. I, I think it's possible the Chiefs build a dynasty. I do think they have a good core in place. I mean, Tyron Matthews under contract. Um, you know, they, they signed Frank Clark. They have Mitchell Schwartz, who was outstanding in, in the playoffs and really in general. Um, they have, uh, Tyreek Hill signed. They have Travis Kelsey signed, I believe. There are some free agents to worry about though. Uh, Chris Jones is going to be a free agent. It's a big name. Uh, Kittle Fuller played well. Uh, in the playoffs, Rashad Breeland, I think, has had a pretty good run in Kansas City. Um, what do you think, Brady, they're going to try and do here in terms of these free agents? Jones, to me, is an obvious candidate for the tag. Right. He's a, t- a candidate for the tag. And then you really have to address, like, the cornerback position, right? If I'm not mistaken, Rashad Breeland's a free agent, uh, yep. unrestricted free agent. Kendall Fuller's an unrestricted free agent. Uh, you can go on down the Mo line. Claiborne. I mean, Mo Claiborne, who's on the roster, I mean, he is as well. Um, you know, we talk about edge rushes, Suggs. Now, granted, he's 37 years old at this point, so, um, you know, maybe you can get him back or, you know, maybe he wants to retire. Who knows what, what's going on in his mind? You know, I'll, I'll say this much. There's not really cornerstone pieces that they have to worry about so much. There are a lot of complementary pieces, though, and ones that, in my opinion, I, I think matter. Whether it's a veteran guy like a Suggs that you'd like to maybe look at trying to bring back, depending on how much. Um, obviously, the cornerback position, it's going to take a complete overhaul. And I think if we go back and look at the season and we look at how long it took for that secondary and that defense to really get on the same page with Steve Spagnuolo until, what, week 10? That, that would be concerning for me, is having to start over with a lot of new faces there in the secondary, uh, which really is the backbone of your defense when you do blitz a lot and you do run a, a great variety of schemes. So, you know, Ogball's another player that's going to be a free agent. You worry about that. Um, and then look, like some other things, like this is a team that I know when you look at down the stretch, how they played, didn't run the football, weren't as balanced. And we just say, well, that's okay. Cause you know, they got Patrick Mahomes. They have all these speedy wide receivers. Like, LaShawn McCoy is a guy who's a restricted free agent that, look, you need more depth at the backfield. You might need some more impactful players to help out with Damian Williams. Anthony Sherman, their fullback, he's going to be a free agent. You know, you're going to have to eventually look at replacing him. I thought Mike Pennell, uh, or Pennell did a heck of a job in the interior of, of that job. defense. And, and he's another guy that, again, not a cornerstone, but he sure as heck showed up at times and so did Demarcus Robinson. So 
to to the points that you guys are kind of talking about, it's like it's not easy to get back to it. Well, hell, hell, no, it's not. And 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 the one thing you, and the last thing I'll just say quickly is, we tend to sometimes underestimate, like what makes a good team a great team, a team that wins a Super Bowl. Like, and it's no different than like I always kind of just compare it to food, right? Like, there's just a little a little bit of this, a little bit of that. Sometimes is what makes the difference in the dish. And when you don't have those like ingredients, like it's good, but it's just not the same, or it's not able to overcome, for example, you know, double digit deficits and three straight playoff games, uh, including the Super Bowl. You know, like like those little. Those complimentary pieces that help you get wins here or there or move the sticks here or there or get negative plays, sometimes that's the difference in that team chemistry and what makes you a, a Super Bowl caliber winning team compared to a team that, you know, fizzles out in the playoffs or loses in the championship game. I mean, so, I mean, even Sammy Watkins, like, do they win the title game without Sammy Watkins? Like, in the way, what he did against Richard Sherman? I mean, maybe not. And they're probably going to let him go this offseason because he, they can save 14 million in cap space. And so you have Sammy Watkins, and so, okay, you'll let him go again. There are eight guys, including Sammy Watkins, that next year will make $10 million plus. Then you tag Frank Clark, and then you pay Patrick Chris Mahomes. Jones, yeah, yeah. Chris, excuse me, yeah, Chris yeah, Jones. Um, you, you, Chris Jones. So at that point, you have nine guys making $10 million plus. I understand that it seems obvious that Chris Jones is a tag candidate, but what I'm concerned about is you tag Chris Jones – you pay Patrick Mahomes and you do the funny math to make sure that he doesn't take up too much of the cap in year one of his contract. But like, where's the money to get those other essential pieces that you need, like the Bashad Breelands, like the Kendall Fullers, uh, of the world, uh, to, to have on your team to make sure you can repeat? You're right. And look, part of the problem too is that again, with Patrick Mahomes, you have to be very, very careful about how you structure this contract because you can't, like you, you're, you're, it's going to be going into a new CBA when you're finally dealing with the ramifications of the second and third and fourth year of this deal or third and fourth year, whatever it ends up being. And like, if you backload it incorrectly, you could end up hosing yourself and you just don't have any idea what it's going to be like because the CBA will be completely different. You're right. But I also think that's, it's a safe bet. It's going to go up. I mean, the league's been really, sure. really healthy. It goes up, what about 10 million per year on average? And that's under the right. When the, the the broadcast rights also, you could expect, like we have seen from other leagues, a huge spike once right. those contracts are up in a year or two. Right. Well. So that's going to go up. The gambling revenue could be a game changer as far as how how much is going to go up. And um, you know, you got to think sponsorships. Like, I, this sounds funny, but I mean, the NFL has softened up so much to the gambling world, yep. and and all the revenue that comes along with that. You don't think there's not going to be another cash cow once marijuana is legalized and that being potentially a sponsor in some capacity? Again, that's not that big, but it's just one of many other worlds that the NFL hasn't really tapped into because it's not legal federally. But the players are sure as hell pushing for in the next CBA uh, to not necessarily test for it so they can use it as you know a pain medication of sorts. And so there's like all these things that I think are going to continue to keep pushing that number higher and higher and higher um, where I think they'll be comfortable with it. The only thing is – you have to be really smart about what those, you know, back end projections are. You know, I really do think you got to come up with a number that makes him sign the deal now as opposed to pushing it off for another year and, sure. and, and figure out like what that number is going to be. And then you got to figure out, okay, like what are the back end numbers? Cause here's what I know. You can sign him to a six year extension, seven year extension, whatever it is, or excuse, six or seven year deal, which ends up being really, you know, a four to five year extension. They're going to redo that deal. 
Like the ne- this ne- this deal he does, like we would say, oh, he'll do another deal. That that deal is going to be restructured probably in four years, and they'll probably redo it again, and because he'll want more money or the salary cap, they'll have a better idea of where it's going to be at for cap planning purposes, etc. When you're Patrick Mahomes, when you're a quarterback in the NFL, you are the bank to the team. They come refinance with you, so that's yeah. what's going to happen once this deal gets signed. And again, I'll be doing everything I could if I was the Chiefs to try to convince him to sign it now and not wait. Okay, uh, well, quick question. One word answer from each of you. CBS Sports put a poll up. How many Super Bowl rings will Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid end up with? Or how many, how many Super Bowl rings will Patrick Mahomes end up with at the end of his career? One, two, three, or four plus? JJ. One word answer. Uh, Patrick Mahomes. You're, you're saying not with Andy Reid, just Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, yeah, but you can say with Andy Reid if you want. Whatever. But how many, okay. many rings did Reid and Mahomes get with the Chiefs? Uh, Reid and Mahomes together with the Chiefs, too. Okay. I, I was actually going to say the same thing. I, I think he oh. ends up getting two. I, I think three. Um, for some reason, I wanted to say three. I just think it's so much harder than people realize. And it's not like there's not a lot. You know, He's not going to have a lot of competition, too. Like, we act like... Um, right. things didn't work out, you know, as we, I think Jonathan, you might have said earlier, like they would have been playing in Baltimore, you know, versus the Ravens. Who knows if, if they would have even got to the Super Bowl had Baltimore not lost and kind of laid an egg in the divisional round. So there are, there's, there's always an element of luck that, that plays a part in championship teams as good as Patrick Mahomes played in the, in the final eight, eight, seven, eight minutes. Um, but I think two is, is probably realistic. We could be, I mean, look, it was 20 to 10 with seven minutes left. We could be talking about Patrick Marino right now for all we know. Uh, let's take a quick break when we come back and we will break down the 49ers future. The all new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads ensure you can take on any adventure. Available H-Track all-wheel drives you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. Whether you're tailgating out in the dirt lot, Carter Finley, shout out Carter Finley, or whether you're whitewater rafting, taking the entire family on an adventurous trip, maybe you're out camping at Mount Rogers. I used to go as a kid, wish my parents had a Hyundai Santa Fe. The Hyundai Santa Fe is perfect for your family outing. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. All right. So the 49ers. Ooh, man. Um, It's such a weird situation, Brady, because it felt like for three quarters that they had sort of 
had found their footing. Jimmy G was playing really well on the biggest possible stage. He was having an awesome game. They had sort of, they leaned on him knowing the Chiefs would sell out to stop the run. I felt like, uh, Jimmy G was passing for a bunch of first downs. And now here we are. We're recording this on Tuesday uh, in the afternoon. We're roughly, you know, we're less than 48 hours removed from the Super Bowl. And the question is, can the, can the 49ers, should the 49ers, will the 49ers move on from Jimmy Garoppolo? This offseason, if you look, you know, it's, it, you can go back and look at when he signed his contract. This was the date when it was like, you know, there's an out here if they want to get out. Um, they saved $22.4 million in cap space, signed a five-year, $138 million deal back in February 2018. He is he's already 28, but only has 26 career starts. Do you think there's any any uh, any fire to this smoke? As far as what, Garoppolo? Yeah. No, I don't have any reservations, man. I, I thought, you know, he really played a good, you know, better three quarters than Mahomes did. Uh, and, and unfortunately, sure. we're probably talking about them hoisting up a Super Bowl or the Lombardi if their defense would have did their job. You know, I mean, for whatever reason, like we always tend to think that, like, just because Patrick Mahomes had a great fourth quarter, like he was the only thing that mattered. I mean, Kansas City had to get stops. Kansas City had to get off the field. And, you know, they showed up defensively, too, in, in the final moments of that game. Uh, it works hand in hand, in my opinion. So I don't have any reservations about him as far as being a franchise guy. I just think most quarterbacks pale in comparison to Jimmy Garoppolo or uh, to to Patrick Mahomes. And so if we're using that as the standard of what a franchise guy is, okay, show me show me who's even close. Aaron Rodgers. I mean, is, is that basically it? Like as far as talent wise, what we're talking about. So uh, for that reason, like you know, he's on somewhat, I would say, of an economical deal when you look at the price tag of what, for example, Jared Goff signed. Like, is, are Jer- is Jared Goff and Jimmy Garoppolo that different? I think you can make a statistical argument for what Garoppolo did this year and what he's done uh, and how he's played over the course of his career um, as being, you know, just as good as, as Goff, even though, again, Goff is younger and maybe has still some more upside. But still, he's, you know, he's a quarterback that I think is a franchise quarterback. They just need to help continuing to give him some help out around him. And, and that's the biggest thing is this is another team that has a bunch of unrestricted free agents that are, that are not, you know, necessarily cornerstone guys, but are guys that are no doubt complimentary pieces. And they're going to have to address this, this, uh, this offseason. Yeah. I mean, so you, you think there's no chance they move on from Jimmy G? No. I mean, who are they moving on to? Yeah. And that's the exact thing, Brady, is that who are they moving on to? There's going to be so Tom much Brady. quarterback movement. Uh, yeah. There's going to be so much quarterback movement, but honestly, like, subtract Tom Brady. Like, the only guy that I could see is like a Teddy Bridgewater. And I don't know how much of an upgrade that is over Jimmy G. Like, so Garoppolo, nah, it's, it's New Orleans or nothing for him, right? That's, and so with, I agree. And so with Garoppolo, you know, in the fourth quarter, three of 11, 36 yards, an interception, and a sack. Like, that was his fourth quarter. And, I do not at all believe that Jimmy Garoppolo really is destined for Canton, even if his trajectory changes. It's difficult for me to see that sort of greatness in Garoppolo. But I don't think that he's some tomato can. Like, I, I, I do think that he is a, is an above average quarterback who is limited and those limitations are highlighted, right? As you say, when you're going up against Patrick Mahomes. But all of those things said, like, you, you're it's like meeting Ron probably. Jeremy at a swingers party, right? I mean, it's like it's just it's not gonna it's not gonna it's not gonna work out well. I'm just saying, it is just like that, Brady. To come with the, I mean, aren't you a little worried though with Jeremy? Like, at least there's like you know some risk of, you know. <laughs> no, I don't. What are you talking about here? Might have some stuff. Yeah. 
Nah, right. I think they yeah, test for that stuff. <laughs> yeah, I'm, so I'm going to stay quiet on that one, Will. Oh, we can go anywhere we want on this podcast. We're 30 minutes in. Debo will bleep it out if you have. Debo bleeped out my GD. And uh, the uh, Debo says, you know, go to free agency, please. Um, so the 49ers actually do have a bunch of free agents. Emmanuel Sanders, Jimmy Ward, Eric Armstead highlight the group. Uh, Kyle Juszczyk has a club option. Matt Breida, Kendrick Bourne, two pretty important offensive players in the last couple of years are both restricted free agents. $21 million in cap space. Do you think Emmanuel Sanders comes back to play again with Kyle Shanahan? Um, are there extensions to deal with in terms of Kittle and Buckner, other guys out there? I mean, it's, it, it, it's when you look at it, you're like, all right, this team's got a lot of talent. Like, you know, they can keep moving. Kyle Shanahan's great, but it's like, I, like any, like any NFL team in the modern era, there's a, a lot of moving parts here, JJ. You know who I'd go for is AJ Green if I'm the San Francisco Ooh. 49ers. I would absolutely make that splash with a wide receiver because, look, I, I think that the Niners are primed to, and honestly, I would say this if they had lost uh, 48 hours ago. I think they're primed to take a step back next year, especially when you look at that division. And it really is solely because of that division where, you know, Seattle was that it was week 17 away uh, from making the 49ers the, the wild card. Uh, you got the Los Angeles Rams, who if they would have just played better the first half of the year, I mean, this is always, I think, the next couple of years, this is going to be a division where, sorry, but, you know, one of these teams is just not going to be able to make it. The other thing, all these free agents that we're talking about, one guy that we're not talking about, Joe Staley. And, you know, he just had his heart ripped out uh, for a second time in a Super Bowl. But, you know, I I don't think that it is um, implausible that he says, you know what, I think think I've had enough. Um. I mean, Emmanuel Sanders would be great to have back, but not for the number, right, of what he got paid this past year. So I think that's the tough part there. Um, I love the idea, Jonathan, of, of trying to get A.J. Green, like a game changer like that. But I also think if you look at Debo Samuel, who may have been on pace to be the MVP at early points of, of the Super Bowl and yeah. the production he had this past year, you'll get Goodwin back, right? Um, you know, once he comes back and he's healthy, uh, looking at, you know, kind of the rest of the roster, like I kind of think to myself, maybe they want to look back into the draft. You know, they're not giving up on Dante Pettis, you know, see what they have there. Um, yeah, but maybe they look back into a draft, which is, you know, really one of the more deeper drafts at the wide receiver spot. And maybe they can find more of those gems and they can do it more of an economical way and continue to keep building. Cause the other thing was Joe Staley, you talk about him. You know, they've got to figure out a replacement for him, right? He's, he's up there in years. Eventually they're going to have to find a left tackle. I mean, they've got some, some needs on this team they're going to have to, you know, address. And I think if you looked at the interior of that offensive line, Ben Garland, Mike uh, Person, both those guys overachieved. Th- th- that's, that's going to be another group that they look at attacking you then free agency or for the draft, uh, to eventually build up. Like this is a roster that I don't want to say is, is going to be overhauled big time. But there's some spots now when you kind of break down, like who becomes a free agent and who they might want to move on from, like Jimmy Ward, for example. Uh, Jason Verrett never really, you know, worked out. The guy can't stay healthy. Um, but there's some people that I think that, you know, that they're going to need to replace and they're going to need to figure out, um, how to replace those guys and not miss on some of these picks, right? Uh, especially like Sheldon Day, for example, who I thought filled in and did a really good job for them. Uh, and these are more economical answers. Like for the, for the level of play they got from a Sheldon Day or, um, you know, who else would fall in this category? I mean, Eric Armstead for the way he played this past season or a Ben Garland at center. Um, when you look at how well they played for what they're being paid, it is hard to find those guys, um, who can play at a, a, you know, a championship caliber or a Super Bowl caliber level 
And so to find those complimentary pieces isn't going to be easy. So do we think the 49ers are in trouble next year? Are they where do you, where do you sort of slot them in the NFC West in terms of I mean like the hierarchy? Cuz I don't I think they'll be maybe the favorite again, but I don't think they're the like clear favorite. Seattle and no, they're Los not. Angeles. Yeah. I'm going to I'm going to handicap all three of those, the Rams, the Seahawks and the 49ers basically the same. Yeah. But then also as we're talking about retooling and whatnot, the Niners only have one draft pick in the first four rounds. Mm. they've 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 really sold out on this championship window which which i totally understand so like what do you do with that first round pick because that's that's the only capital that you have i mean and look that's sort of reminiscent of the rams too with all the trades for veteran players i would say you trade out of it by the way i would would accumulate more picks you might be able to trade back get like a you know trade back in the second round you know, maybe, yeah. you, you know, maybe you get like a second and a fourth, depending on, you know, who trades up and who they're trading up for, right? Quarterbacks at the back end of the first round like that sometimes, you know, get a little bit more, but you wrap that into maybe a couple wide receivers that help out or, you know, at that point, who knows? Maybe if there's still a tackle or something that could help out. Although I, I think any of the tackles that are truly worthwhile guys that are going to be able to come in and play right away are probably gone by then. So, um, you know, I, Typically, I feel like when you don't have many picks, we usually see teams try to trade back and accumulate more to try to use, you know, you know, try to get some of those players that are outside of the top maybe 32, but are still somewhere in the top 100. Uh, would you rather bet on the Chiefs to win the AFC plus 250 or the 49ers to win the NFC plus 400? Chiefs. Chiefs. I agree wholeheartedly. All right. Uh, we're going to talk a little XFL and some more football news and let JJ go. We're not going to make you sit here and talk XFL. Plus, you have like something to do at five o'clock, but we're using the XFL thing as an excuse. All right, that sounds good. Okay, see you, JJ. Uh, We'll talk to you soon, buddy. Bye, guys. See ya. Brady Quinn is covering the XFL, right? You are right. Yeah, yeah. Five games. I get to cover for five games. It'll be interesting to see the rule changes that they're experimenting with. I like this backwards hat look. Oh, thank you. uh, Thank you. Yeah, it's a little like. College Brady Quinn. I kind of like it. Right. Well, if only I could, I could bring back those three bar hats that like no one seems to remember, but they were definitely the, the, the fad back in the day. I'm sure you I had one. Th- I ha- So, well, this is a longer story that we won't get into, but I have a three bar hat. I'll save for you. Do you really? Oh, yeah. I feel we like- made, so my friends and I ran a, like a, like a, uh, I don't want to call it, like a, a men's humor, you know, like a, like a bro humor site for a little while back in the early days of the internet. And, uh, we made three bar hats for him, so I'll send you one. You can. That's dope. I, I love three bar hats. I was gonna say, um, the best. why aren't they out there anymore? Did someone have what, like a, a trademark be, on it? it and... would, like you would have the um, the top would be in big letters would be the right. team the mascot. Right. It'd be like for you guys to be like, like Wolfpack. And like if you had like a funky mascot, like wasn't there one was it one that said banana slugs? Couldn't you find one that said like banana slugs on it? Sure. Or like South Carolina just said cocks. That's right. That was always the popular one. That was a popular Cox one. one. Yeah. Um, For obvious reasons. Says For obvious reasons. Cox on it. Right. That's because that's that's the stadium where actually the program was filmed. For obvious reasons. That's why people like South Carolina. Of course. Um, Rainbow Warriors is a good one. I had a Hawaii one too. Ooh. Yeah. Anyway. Um, yeah. So I was not supposed to work today. And then Mark D'Antonio stepped down to Michigan State. And literally during radio, they were knocking on the door while I was on radio, saying like, hey, we need you on set right now to do a hit on Mark D'Antonio. And so... Okay, is your is your hair like that good where you can have a hat on backwards and immediately... <laughs> 
No, I, I had to run a little water through it. I had to literally throw okay. on a button down and a jack and everything. Fortunately, I had clothes here. Um, sure. but yeah, it ended up working out. So, uh, went and did a hit and then I was like, all right, great. Now I can do the pick six podcast because, you know, they didn't want to, they don't just spend a day of me doing one hit on Mark D'Antonio. But, uh, no, I was actually glad because Debo well, asked they, me. They also don't want to do, they, uh, apparently, as I've been told. Yeah, not just do wanna... a day for the pick six, right? Yeah. Cause yeah. we were doing that for a while and then they were like, um, you're kind of burning through Brady's days. We're like, well, Brady, I like to talk. I don't know what to tell you. Yeah, so like, when you put your hat on, do you go, do you go full slick back hair? Oh yeah. And you then got to. What hat? Yeah. What, what's your, yeah, because yeah. because then when you take it off, it doesn't look that bad. You don't have a hat head. If you just like let your hair, you know, first off, it looks stupid with a snapback anyway. But either way, your your hair looks even worse when you take your hat off. See, if I pull my hair all the way back and put my hat on, it goes into like it it like does like a weird like pulled back spike thing that I can't correct from. Right, but if you're wearing a hat, you're probably not really correcting your hair anyway. Right. Yeah. Exactly. I'm I'm wearing the hat because I don't plan on correcting my hair and don't want to. Like, here's the other thing is I walked in the office because no one wears a hat in this office. I don't think I don't even, is that like yeah. a policy or a rule? No. I mean, it's, it's, it's maybe it's an unspoken Jack rule. Jack wears one every day. That is true. Jack does wear one. He's like the only one who does wear one, yeah. but he doesn't wear one every day because I don't even think he was wearing one yesterday. Anyway, the point is, does it look incredibly unprofessional to wear a hat in a business environment? Um, not in a sports office. No, I think it's acceptable. That's what and I was it's thinking. Not like you're, but, but you're it, not coming in for like a meeting or like yeah no nothing I was just I'm doing radio and so everyone right. looked at me funny because I was in a shorts a long sleeve shirt and a and a snapback that's actually I got from Bottle Rock have you ever, have you ever heard of that it's the concert that's out there the concert festival out there in Napa no, no it sounds dude incredible. it's badass it's 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 we, really really cool all right well after we to the Bahamas we can plan a trip to Bottle Rock there you go do you, do you remember talking about the trip to the Bahamas or you. Yeah, no, I want to do it around March Madness, though. That's fine with me. I can't, uh, I was supposed to, do you know what, this year? Yeah. Yeah, the the one downside is that's like the height of free agency, so. Yeah, well, um, exactly, and we just do our, our podcast from there. In fact, I'm sure there is a sports book. There is a sports book, I'm just saying. Yeah, Roadcaster. Devo, give me that Roadcaster. Devo's like, no, I, unfortunately, I have to hold the Roadcaster at all times, even in the Bahamas. Okay, so, um. You excited for the XFL? I am. I'm excited because I do think the NFL needs a developmental league, and even though they're not partnered in any way, I think there's two things that are you're you're seeing happen. At least in the first year, you're seeing the XFL kind of claim their own players and not really allow, um, you know, these guys just to be able to go and, and sign NFL contracts. When you look at the the language within them, uh, and then also the rules, like they really are kind of a I don't want to say a test market. But essentially that for some of the rules that you could see the NFL adopting later on, uh, and, and maybe they end up not being so gimmicky. It's something that they actually implement though. So, uh, from that perspective, I think it's going to be really neat to hear stories about guys who are just on, on the last leg and they're trying to figure out a way of how to make it to the league and how to, you know, accomplish their dream and their goal. And I think it's going to be really cool from that perspective. Uh, anybody we should watch other than Jalen McClendon? <laughs> Honestly, full disclosure. Wait, save and clip that laugh. That was that was both. I enjoyed the joke, and it was like a little condescending. (laughs) No, no, no. I was thinking in the back of my head. I was like, like I'm I'm curious to see what happens with Cardell Jones. He's the quarterback there in DC. One, I love him as just a person. I think he's such a good dude. He, He, you know, he's a good teammate from all accounts. 
And it's weird. It's like when you think about what he did at Ohio State, he jumped into a huge role where he had to go win a Big Ten championship and then two college football playoff games in its first year. It's not like you had anything to go off of or, or to prepare for this, but he did, man. Like Shotgun had, uh, I mean, such a, a, a crazy christening to college football where he's a part of a team that goes on to win a national championship. And then after that, it becomes like this battle between him and JT Barrett. And they're obviously two different types of, of players and even people. And it just, it, it never really worked out where he ever got like a, a true kind of shot. And so he goes to the NFL and it's not like he's really been able to get a true shot there either. And so I'm just, I'm curious to see where he's at one in just his playing and his development. Uh, but also to see if like he can be one of those guys that makes a case for himself getting back to an NFL roster. All right. I dig it. Um, and the XFL starts this Saturday. Yeah. It uh, starts sure up this week. Exciting. Just like the AAF was. And I hope for uh, Brady's sake, it lasts longer. <laughs> well, I can promise you this much. I think it's going to last for at least two years. And then I think, you know, maybe you reevaluate oh. where you're at, but they are well funded. And I, and I, you know, I'm, I'm already looking at kind of how this whole thing is going to be. The, the one thing I can, I can say at least about this is fortunately I still get paid regardless <laughs> of whether Ooh. it works or not. Like it's not like the monies that I'm being paid are just specifically tied to being paid through the AAF. So. Right, 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 right. I've got right. that on my and, side. And look. Part of the AAF thing was they wanted to beat the XFL to market. Anyway, that's a whole other story for another right. day. Um, the Jaguars are playing two back-to-back games in London. How would that make you feel as a player? How would it make you feel as a Jaguars fan? Well, as a player, I'd start off by saying it's the smart way of doing it if you're going to play two. You know, why not yeah. get it out of the way, be over there, adjust to the time zone. You don't have to travel back and forth. Um, it would make me think in the back of my head, though, like, okay, so when are we coming over here full-time? Um, and, and maybe we're, you know, we're having more of these two, three, four game home series. And then we're on the road for three or four weeks or however they end up scheduling that when there is a team in London, which there eventually will be a team in London. We're not playing all these games over there for no reason. Um, but from a player standpoint, uh, I, I think, look, it'd be fun. It'd be fun to be able to spend, you know, at least a couple of weeks over there in London, right? Uh, a week preparing for the first and obviously the following week after, and it probably creates an advantage for you. Instead of just having to play over there, you know, one time a year where, yeah, you're familiar with it, but you might have some new pieces and all that. You know, now you're going to be the more adjusted team and maybe that does play a factor and advantage for them. So, um, good for them because I, t- I can tell you this much from, from having gone over there with the Broncos back in 2010, uh, those people are excited to see football. You know, I don't know that there's a lot of buzz around Jacksonville right now. So, uh, there may not be a, a big home field advantage because it's more of an international and, and kind of, divided crowd they're just there to see a football game but at least the stadium is full man at least they're not having to try to bait people into a hot tub or a pool or whatever it is up there in the in the suites there in jacksonville as a fan though i, I would think the writing's on the wall like i know it's only two games you still got six left but if this team isn't competitive next year it's, it's like most warm weather states you know the fans just go to the beach and so I would think that, you know, maybe at some point they're getting the hint that this team is eventually just moving to London. Um, so, you know, maybe they just stay at the beach and they, they don't really come back. Maybe that's the key. <laughs> maybe they need to bring the beach to, to the Jacksonville Stadium. Ooh, no, instead of stands, you do it all beach. All beach. You just sell, all you sell a beach, beach spot. Yeah. Maybe that's what they like need it. to go to next to see if it's going to work. It is kind of brilliant of, uh, Shot Khan though, because I would imagine that like they generate a good amount of revenue over in London and, I don't know. Maybe that's part of the model too. Maybe it makes more sense to have them over there as opposed to, uh, you know, in Jacksonville if the season's not going well. The claim from um, the 
the Khan family as well as uh, one Pete Prisco who you know, is a hawk for the Jaguars is that it's, it's they're timing it around a bunch of construction in downtown Jacksonville, which is fine, I guess, but like it's a two week period, so I'm not exactly sure um, why why they would, why that would you know be a thing. Um, and Shad Khan said, we have an exceptional opportunity right in front of us for Jacksonville to meet its potential and be the city I imagined we'd become when I arrived here in 2011. I am optimistic and believe it will happen. To me, I, I kind of read between the lines. I'm like, yeah, I don't know if you're that optimistic. And then um, uh, Jags president Mark Lampling said, for clubs like the Jaguars, we're entering an uncertain time. That uncertain time is related to three teams that in the past were teams that were with us in the bottom of the league in terms of revenue. They've taken steps, steps that we would not consider, but they've taken steps to fix their revenue by leaving Oakland, by leaving St. Louis, and by leaving San Diego. That has had an impact in terms of all the other teams that are where we are in terms of the league. Let me ask Greg you this. Olson, oh, go ahead. Just real quick. Do you think they're moving? I, 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 I like – my mom's family is all from Jacksonville, so I try to be – a little bit, I like to try to see the glass half full, but if I were, I think it, even the mildest skeptic would say that they're leaving, yes. It's just a matter of time, right? Yeah, like, or like eventually they're going to play f- like four games over there and four games here, you know, like however it's going to be, or like they play two of their away games in London. And there's just too much money internationally for the NFL not to do this. Like if you follow the league at all, you know there's a clear impetus on international football. And right. they they want really badly to have a team over there, and the Jaguars are the most obvious team out there. And, and you know what they fa- have failed to realize? Like the XFL obviously is popping up now, and it's great. I'm, I'm glad. I'm happy to be doing it. But they really should have kept NFL Europe. You know, it, it would. It, I think that set that was like the grassroots campaigning for the NFL that you're seeing it really come to fruition now with a lot of the fans who are there who are in their 30s and maybe even 40s and remember the NFL in Europe, remember like that league. And then we're first introduced to football then. And so it, it was so short sighted that they got rid of that league and they could have kept it in house and it would have helped the, the broadcast partners. It would have helped coaches, especially minority mm-hmm. coaches. When you look about development and trying to get them into head coaching jobs and would have helped fringe players too. So um, that to me was always so short sighted getting rid of that. I think that was one of the biggest mistakes that Roger Goodell made as, as commissioner of the NFL, or, or I guess I should say the owners in that respect, since they were paying out of their pocket for it, even though it, it's, it's led to, uh, this, this appetite for the NFL over there. So. Uh, it's a good point. Like, I think if they could do it now, they would start it back over. Uh, Greg Olson, really quickly. Greg Olson was released by the Panthers. I said on WFNZ, I told him all along that if they wanted me back, obviously I would have been back. The mutual parting might have been a little overblown. Uh, he has garnered interest in the Seahawks, Bills, and Redskins. He said he would be interested in the Bears as well. And apparently he has an offer from Fox to be a game analyst. And I would at least, like, I know he's, like, he loves Fox and he's all in on Fox and that's great. Fox. You know, they have, I'm sure they have other people on Fox who are good too. Don't know any, but, um, the, uh, but like, Monday Night Football would have to at least consider him too, right? He's really good in the booth. He's good in the booth. Um, I don't know that they want to go with a, a first time guy unless, you know, you know, maybe it's, it's a name like Drew Brees or someone like that. So, um, I would be curious to see, but look, I mean, he's still trying to search out to see if he wants to play. And, yeah. and I think that, you know, there's going to be teams out there that want him. Obviously, Ron Rivera, the head coach of the Washington Redskins, he's familiar. Brandon Bean, Sean McDermott in Buffalo, they're familiar. Uh, you could make the case both those teams would have needs for a tight end. So that makes sense. There's, there's plenty of other teams, Will, that look for a guy who is going to do it right. He's going to be productive when he's healthy and he's going to set the right example in that locker room and all that. I mean, tight ends are a, a rare breed when you showcase or demonstrate the ability to block still. 
and still go out there and pass catch and everything else, like th- those guys don't grow on trees. And that's why you see a lot of tight ends who are able to extend their career because of that. You know, Anthony Fasano, who's a good buddy of mine, you know, he played what, I think at least 11 years, maybe 12 years because towards the end of his career, he wasn't catching as many footballs. But man, when you watch him block, you're going, where are we going to find this? Like, where, where yeah. can we find a tight end who can, who can run block and pass protect as well? Uh, and so there's definitely a, a need for that. And I think there's going to be a need for him. So, you know, like, I love him, man. I, I think Greg's a great guy. It's, it's sad that it had to end there in Carolina, but especially considering his off the field stuff, his foundations work. I know his son's gone through some medical issues. Um, and he's received great treatment down there in Carolina. So that's the sad part is if he does continue to play or whatever, you know, wherever he you know decides to go and where he plays is you got to uproot your family. And so that's, that's maybe one of the things that he's going to consider and, and maybe take into account when weighing all options. And so maybe he does end up going to a Fox broadcast booth. Yeah. Or, or just going to the Redskins, which is, would not be a far hike from, um, and I think Ron Rivera would want somebody with his leadership skills in house. All right, Brady time to get out of here. But after I let, you go. We're going to hear Debo talk to some people in the Bud Light red carpet. Brady, very cool. Always a pleasure, buddy. It was fun. Andy Reid off the bye. Andy Reid off the bye. Come for Guns N' Roses. Get Bleacher Report's Adam Lefko singing a pick six staple. During Super Bowl week, we had the chance to attend two nights of the Bud Light Music Fest red carpet at American Airlines Arena in Miami. While Will was getting situated inside with Bud Light and ready to headbang with Axl Rose, we caught up with Good Morning Football's Kyle Brandt to discuss another one of Brinson's favorites, Philip Rivers. Philip Rivers plays um, at the local My Gym, which is where you take your six-year-olds and your four-year-olds to do trampoline work and to uh, hold on to trapezes and work their upper body strength. I think he's done. Now, what works against it is everybody makes the jokes. You got a college payments and health insurance and all those damn kids. But um, I think once you move to Florida, which, as I understand, is a more of a move about his wife and her family, <laughs> there's not a lot of moving back. I don't see Tampa because he and Jameis are basically just the same player. I don't see Fitzpatrick because Fitzpatrick is basically just the same player. So I don't think it's going to happen. I think the Dolphins will start new. I think he's playing at my gym. Now, Rivers' teammate Melvin Gordon provided a different kind of music to Will's ears. This is everything. You know, great guy, consistent guy, hard worker. Um, you know, he means a lot to us in that organization as well. Um, you know, hopefully he comes back. Um, but if we don't, you know, definitely wish him the best. It wouldn't feel right to have a football conversation with guys like Lefko and Brandt without asking one of the NFL's most important questions. Devontae Parker or Sammy Watkins? Sammy Watkins is that guy who'll come out and drop like a mixtape every once in a while. And you're like, wow, Sammy Watkins, I thought he was done. And then he'll come have this crazy mixtape, whereas Devontae is like, wow, he looks like a young T.O. Like he might be actually that good, especially now that Adam Gase is in his coach. So I will give the, I'll go with Parker. I'm going to go Sammy Watkins because Devontae Parker has been inconsistent, but Sammy, we just get upset that he's getting $16 million a year and we see what he can do. And I have a feeling that that question is going to look funny after the Super Bowl when Sammy goes over 100 receiving yards. By the way, Watkins finished with 98 yards on Sunday and now has one more ring than Devontae Parker. Just saying. And there were legitimate pressing topics to discuss, too. Like Tom Brady's cryptic social media post. Current Cardinal and former Patriot Chandler Jones thought there was no shot TB12 would hang it up. No, no. no. Just watching his last game, he didn't look like he was on his retiring year at all. 
Now, Jones thinks Brady could go five more years, and after seeing the GOAT's Hulu commercial on Super Bowl Sunday, he might be right. Meek Mill was one of the performers on Thursday. In 2017, his song Dreams and Nightmares became the Eagles' anthem on their way to the Super Bowl. And with diehard Birds fans, Lefko and Brant on the red carpet, I had to ask how Philly gets back to their dreams after a season of nightmares. They're there. Yeah. They're already a Super Bowl fucking There's got to be healthy. Carson Wentz will be good. And they got to get a secondary and some wide receivers that actually have speed. And they're right there. I've screamed a million things at the Eagles over the last few years. They usually work. All I have to do is say is like, look. Are you really that intimidated the Cowboys hired Mike McCarthy? Do you really think that he's going to beat the next Bill Belichick? I like as much as the next guy. But you got Mike McCarthy, you got a guy named Joe Judge, and then, you know, the Redskins are just the Redskins. So don't worry, Eagles fans, you're going to fly. Like Trick Daddy and Trina being reunited on stage. Sounds good to me. From the world of Sonic the Hedgehog, a new hero arrives. I am ready. Is there anyone stronger? No. Tougher? No. Funnier? I do not make jokes. I make warriors. Knuckles. Now streaming only on Paramount+. Plus. Yes!